Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing out our fourth uh, listener Q&A, which is hard to believe almost. But first, a little catching up. I just saw you, Gina. We were together, our family's together in Sandusky, Ohio at the Great Wolf Lodge. I shouldn't say the, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of them. <laughs> we survived, right? True. We did. We, we barely survived, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys went back to the water park. We were there for a total of, what, um, an hour and 30 minutes? <laughs> Yeah, weak sauce, total weak sauce. Um, pathetic. Well, so I will confess that I snore, especially after having a couple of beers. And so Gina, Nick, and the children fell victim to um, my snoring. Um, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then couple that with uh, our girls have these little Einstein aquariums, we call them. And it's they're like light up boxes that have these dancing like fish and they play this, <laughs> what Gina describes as like God awful, like satanic uh-huh. music. Uh, <laughs> but it's really just yep. like <laughs> at least at three o'clock in the morning. That's what it sounds like. So at one sixteen in the morning, Gina robs my child of her. <laughs> I did not know you were going to share this story. Nicole. <laughs> robs Shay of her <laughs> aquarium. And then the because we're all in one room. We have like the sweet air quotes, the sweet at. um. Yeah. At Great Wolf Lodge. And so then Shay starts crying. Now, then I'm in bed with the two of them up in the loft, which is where the kids were all supposed to be sleeping. It was, it didn't work. And then Piper wanted to come downstairs. So she was sleeping downstairs and I went back upstairs. I, it was a mess. Could you guys hear me storing from the loft? Wait, maybe no. don't know. Oh, no. We, no, we could not. No. Oh. I did notice that you turned the white noise a little bit louder, though, when you went upstairs. No, I didn't. Did you not? You didn't? The, wa- didn't. the water? Oh, okay. It seemed louder. I mean, it was fine. I see. Okay. I absolutely love white noise. I'm a big white noise fan. I have to have white noise to fall asleep. It's like the music that has like a rhythm and a beat that I can't, I, I mean, I can't sleep to that. It has to be a monotone um, or I guess, is that monotone? Yeah. Like one smooth sound in order for me to fall asleep versus, you know, up and down, back and forth music. Especially when it's kid music, it's, you know, really <laughs> high pitched and, and bright and like flashing. Not only does it play music, but it flashes bright lights. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty much my idea of a nightmare after Great Wolf Lodge, that is, the water park. <laughs> I just remind so, you that this is all your idea. I love it. <laughs> you know, all in all, it was a great, it was a great experience. I would do it again. In fact, we received an email for 50% off our next day. So we should start looking ahead to the next time we go. Yes. 50% off. That's not bad. You know, the great thing about that place is that it's not just a water park. There was there were plenty of other things to do. And, you know, the reason why we were only there for maybe a total of two hours at most is because, you know, and I knew this, Paige is not a huge fan of lots of water. She does love the pool. We go to the pool all the time and she'll just swim for hours. But... She doesn't, again, love being around all those people. And there were tons of people. Oh, and it was a small enclosed area. It's one of the smaller Great Wolf Lodges, apparently. This is what I've heard. Uh, so it was a ton of people and not much space. So she, I mean, handled it really well for the hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes that we were there. And then after that, she was done. I, Cameron could have lasted longer. He could have stayed there for probably all day. But it's Paige that really was the one that um, wanted to cut it short. And I had no problem leaving the next day and not going back. You know, we didn't necessarily pay for the water park. We paid to see you guys and get out of the house and do something <laughs> in the winter. So it was little good. did you know we had so much snoring and chaos. In, in hey, Mark, Mark warned us. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he, I'm so right embarrassed. Before, <laughs> literally right before we fall, right before we, we turn off the lights for the night, Mark says, oh, by the way, be prepared. <laughs> For my wife snoring. And I'm just like, okay, well, it can't be that bad. <laughs> oh, but it was. <laughs> I'm beat red right now. <laughs> hey, you brought it up. I was not going to oh say anything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I asked the girls. I'm like, so what was your favorite part of the weekend? And Shay was like, seeing Paige and Cameron. Isn't that so sweet? Oh, that is so sweet. Well, my daughter said everything. So, Oh, 
Yeah. But that's very kind. Oh, well, other than Great Wolf, what's what's yeah. new? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Well, there's really that's all I even have on our on our recap here. I, I there's Cameron turned three. I guess I do have that. Uh, we had our, our party for him. So I actually told Great Wolf Lodge if any if it, there are any employees of the Great Wolf Lodge listening. I apologize. I did lie and said he was two because it was about $50 cheaper that way. <laughs> But, you know, to be fair, he literally just turned three when I booked it. He was, too. So I didn't lie when we booked the, you know, when we booked the lodge. Uh, but anyway, it was, a, it was a good little party that we had um, for his three-year birthday. We, we've pretty much been celebrating for a week, a week and a half. I think he's um, thoroughly confused at this point. But, yeah, that's about it. What about you? No wonder he thought he could eat, like, 16 different donuts on Sunday morning. He's like, I want that one and that one and that one. He's like, it's still my birthday. And then he takes a bite. Eh. Yeah, still my birthday, yeah. I love it. Okay. Um, that's just Cameron for you. He's so cute. Well, and he's so much shorter than Shay or Paige or my daughter, Piper. <laughs> Which Piper. one? Girl, that girl, um, Piper. So they're, what do we say, six months difference? Well, Actually, okay, so she was in June. So June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Wait, who's September. June? Seven, eight, isn't she June? No, she's September. Oh my gosh, why was I thinking she's June? Okay, so yeah, then they're only about six months apart. I can't it, do math. Piper just, she, she's, she's a big girl. I mean, she just, she yeah. is tall and mm-hmm. um, loves to and eat. I and head. yeah, I mean, you and Nick are small people and Mark and yeah. are not. So our yeah. kids are going to be shaped very differently. Um, I, how tall are you? Five, two, and three quarters, maybe? Yeah. So <laughs> let's not put yourself in the dog category now. <laughs> no, no. I'm 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 I am horizontally uh challenged. Oh jeez. <laughs> and vertically. I'm yes. Um yeah, anyway. Well, I think our big news is like we just booked spring break, so we're really excited about mm. that. I didn't already say that on the podcast, did I? I don't think you did because I feel like when we talked about it, it was the first time I, I think it was the first time I'd heard it the other day when we were talking about it. Yeah. At Great Wolf Lodge. Well, it's the end of February here. And I'll tell you what, though, this whole coronavirus thing is freaking me out. It's just, I don't know. It it's, just seems really dicey. Like, I bet travel to Europe is going to be ceased here in quick, at least Italy. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think so. It's, it's, so it's just kind of crazy. I think. Just got a, a lot of people on edge. So I don't know how I feel about mm-hmm. traveling right now, but if I can wrap but my brain around that. where you're going. Oh, I'm sorry. Cancun, which is Cancun. par for the course. So we are mm-hmm. not staying at Excellence Playa Mujeres, which is um, our go-to. If you've never been and you're looking for an amazing adult-only, all-inclusive, Excellence Playa Mujeres. It is bomb. Like you will be so happy you went. If you do any research, I mean, there's nobody who's really disappointed in the place. But when you go there year after year, you're kind of like, eh, we should do something new. And we were just there in November. So we are going to do um, an overwater bungalow. It's in a, it's a all-inclusive just for two nights. And then mm-hmm. we're going to do a Hyatt Ziva, I think it's called, for the other five nights. So we're trying yeah. two totally different resorts. They're about an hour apart. Uh, and I'll report back. So That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, we can jump right in here. So we have the gamut of questions here. Lots of Mm -hmm. random goodness you ask, you tell. So uh, start us off here, Gina. You're a much better female than I. What is your face routine? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'll just say this. I am very thankful for my mom because she always did a lot to her face. And she has perfect skin. I mean, I think she's 64, 65. I swear, like people think she's my sister. It's sickening. Um, and I, I don't think I was blessed with her good skin. She says I was, I, I'm, I tend to think that I, that I wasn't, but anyway, she taught me how to take good care of my skin. Even when I used to go to the tanning bed, I used to always cover my face, which I know it's still not good for the rest of my body, but I'm very thankful that I covered my face. That being said, here's what I do. And I've, and I think I've, I, I feel like I add more and more to this list every year, just as I get closer to 40. So in the morning, I use something from a company called the Abnormal Beauty Company that has really, really well-priced products. And actually, my uh, Nick's cousin's wife, who's also a good friend of mine, Ashley, who listens to this podcast, is an esthetician. And I actually just one day randomly reached out to her and said, I said, Ashley, I need something because my skin, I feel like it just lacks luster. So she recommended this this company to me. I got the, the items in the mail and it said verbatim on the bottle, helps your skin if it lacks luster. <laughs> Oh, so there I'm like, you go. Okay, perfect. 
So anyway, it's vitamin C drops that I put on my skin every morning from the Abnormal Beauty Company. And all these links are in our show notes. And then I slather my face and my neck with, I think it's CeraVe, C-E-R-E-V-E. It's a very well-known company. Um, AM SPF 15 to 35 moisturizer, 35 in the summer, 15 in the winter. Then at night, I typically exfoliate with a actually Mary Kay um, exfoliator that my dad's wife, Paula, got for me. I I kind of uh, rotate from that and like the, I think, Neutrogena exfoliator. And then also an eye cream from Mary Kay. I just put under my eyes. And then the CeraVe PM moisturizer that doesn't have any SPF. I think it's just for, you know, moisturizing your skin at night. I also use a Neutrogena retinol on my skin, specifically like where I know I have wrinkles. And then, of course, I've got my zip medicine because I'm just like right in the middle of that, you know, pre-40 slash still have bad zits every once in a while because I still get my period. Um, I don't know what that, you know, zone is called, but I'm in it. So I still get zits a lot like on my chin. Um, especially and around my mouth, which I, oh, I absolutely can't stand. I know I've talked about it before on this podcast, but I use that Actazone. So I think I was previously talking about how I was considering going back on birth control, but I decided not to. So instead I got this Actazone from my, it's a prescription from my dermatologist. And so far I would say it's been working really well. And then once a week I use a peel that is from that abnormal beauty company um, that you just slather on your face. It's really, really thin. It doesn't, peel. It's called a peel, but it doesn't peel off. You just put it on your skin, leave it on there for 10 minutes and then rinse it off. And I think it also kind of helps with my quote unquote lackluster complexion. I've been using that for about a month and I, I think I really like it. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. my, it seems like a lot, but it really, it's not a big deal. It takes me literally five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night, maybe. And that includes doing makeup. I do not wear a lot of makeup. Yeah, see, I'm a much better girl when it comes to wearing makeup. I'm joking, of course, about all You're this. You're more of a girl. I'm yeah. more of a girl, better girl. <laughs> you must um, wear makeup to be a girl. <laughs> well, one of my friends works for Mary Kay, and she's been very successful in the company. And she is, she's a great consultant. She is not pushy at all. Um, and in like the past year, I would say, it, I, I kind of do that double take in the mirror where it's like, ooh, geez, like these wrinkles are popping up. And it it's just kind of seems like they come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. am super lazy and I just use like clean and clear or the off brand to wash my face like in the shower. And I also oh, yeah. use that as my makeup remover. Yes, I do the same thing. I don't even use makeup remover at all. I just wash my face and just okay. like, scrub really well on my eyes. Same thing. Yep. Woo. Okay. I thought that or I'll use a makeup remover wipe. Um, but usually I'm super lazy and just do it in the shower. And then most nights when I remember, I'll use the Mary Kay TimeWise Repair. It says it's a volume firm advanced lifting serum, whatever that means. Ooh, and again, fancy. my consultant friend just helped me pick out my little routine here. And then I followed up with the TimeWise Age Minimizing 3D Night Cream. And oh. that's it. Um, and then I'll use the Mary Kay Charcoal Mask about once a month. And I don't really okay. know what it does, but it's just fun. And <laughs> I will say my skin feels a lot smoother after I use it. Um, okay. And I you know, both those items, I really kind of focus on like forehead around my eyes and around my mouth, I would say. Okay. And I would say the reason Um, I don't use it every day is I find that by like day five or six, my skin is just getting a little bit oily and then I might get a zit or two. Just kind of, I don't really have an issue with acne, but I had one or two, which I know is not a big deal, but for somebody who doesn't normally have zits and then I started using you know, a moisturizer, I just noticed that change. So for me, if I take like one day off a week, my skin tends to appreciate that. A real exact science here, I know. <laughs> it's funny. I, I've never used the charcoal Mary Kay mask, but Paula has also given me a mask. And I don't even know. It's it's basically this really, really smooth, almost like silky mask that you put on your face and leave it on there for about 20 minutes and then peel it off. And then you don't even rinse it. I don't think you rinse it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's cold very kind of like gel-like and it just feels so good on my face. It almost, I think it might be for kind of reducing puffiness and just helping with, you know, moisture in your face, but, but I'll have to check out the charcoal mask. I've always been intrigued by those, but I really do like the once a week peel that I use from that abnormal beauty company a lot. I'm checking out your link for sure. <sighs> yes. All right. Huge, huge shift here. Um, (laughs) How do you talk to a person who is scared about oils such as canola? And you answered this Mm -hmm. so well. You you take the reins, Gina. 
Okay, so I cannot take credit for my answer because I went to my favorite magazine, which is Today's Dietitian Magazine. I will tell you, this is a really good question because I, I've heard this before. People say they avoid canola oil like the plague. And I've done a little bit of research into it, but this article that, again, is in our show notes, I thought was super helpful and really put it in layman's terms. I'll kind of give a brief overview, but if you want to look into more detail, you can certainly look at the, at the article and also purchase today's Dietitian Magazine. It is just, it's just a, a wealth of information. So in short, uh, some of the common reasons why people are afraid, quote unquote, of canola oil has to do with, and I'm probably going to botch this word, but urusic, urusic acid, E-R-U-C-I-C, which has been linked to fat accumulation in the heart, which sounds terrible. And this is in animal studies. Um, but canola oil is selectively bred to be low in urusic acid. So that's one thing that people are afraid of that they shouldn't be. Also, they, um, they're kind of nervous about this genetic modification when it comes to canola oil, which, by the way, so many things are gen- genetically modified, almost impossible to avoid it. I mean, you can, but, uh, but the thing is, is genetic modification happens in proteins and canola oil is so highly refined, therefore it's free of protein. So you shouldn't have to worry about the gen- genetic modification. So another component that people fear in canola oil is hexane, which is an airborne pollutant in the oil, but the mechanical processing gets rid of this in canola oil. So it's not even in it. You wouldn't even find it in a canola oil. Uh, And regarding the nutrition facts. Okay. So again, you can read more about all that I just said in the article to get more in depth. That was just a really brief overview. But regarding the nutrition facts, canola oil has the most ALA or alpha linolenic acid, which is a plant-based omega-3, which really Americans aren't getting enough of. So consuming canola oil is probably good because we're not getting enough of that healthy omega-3 fat. Uh, So compared to any other cooking oil, canola oil has the most. You'll find other oils like walnut and flaxseed oil do have more, but those are going to be really low heat oils. So you're not going to be able to use it in as many many foods and dishes as you would for canola oil. Also, the great thing about canola oil is the majority of the fats are monounsaturated fats, which are healthy fats, kind of, um, you know, the same fats that they promote in the Mediterranean diet. Uh, Let's see. And then also research shows replacing saturated fat with canola oil has positive effects on heart health, although compared to EVOO or extra virgin olive oil, it's still inferior. Uh, And that's mainly because EVOO retains more antioxidants in the processing, which is obviously a bonus, a benefit. Personally, uh, I say I, I always use canola oil for my baking and even sometimes sauteing. And I always use EVOO or olive oil, extra virgin in cold dishes or like quick sautés. What about you? Do you use canola oil? I do. Basically the same for baking. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I generally, I, I only use it for baking because I just, I love it. It doesn't have much flavor. It doesn't mm-hmm. have, you know, some of the other oils kind of overpower the flavor of what I'm making. So I use it in baking. Very rarely do I use it to saute, but if it's a long saute, um, I, ch- I typically choose canola oil over EVOO since it's so delicate, EVOO. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I pretty much have two oils in my house. It's canola oil and extra virgin olive oil. Yeah. yeah. Same, basically. Um, yeah. EVOO always makes me think of Rachel Ray. You too? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yes. Definitely. I love her. She's so cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't do enough baking that I would ever question really the canola oil, but it's inexpensive. It's not high in saturated fat like vegetable oil. I think vegetable oil, people just hear the word vegetable and they're like healthy. And it's like, mm. um, right. <laughs> so um, that's just, yeah, yep, good. I, I, lo- I love your answer. All right. We have a question on butter or plant-based margarines. It says cardiologists say to avoid butter, but so many, um, there are so many crazy ingredients uh, that sh- you know, this uh, listener says she doesn't know that what's in the margarines, basically. And she said is asking for suggestions for one over the other and stay, saying she prefers something natural and organic. Mm-hmm. The word avoid here, I, I'm sure that she was just using this in the mm-hmm. question, but I'm sure her doctor doesn't necessarily say avoid it. But if he or she does, I, I don't love that word. The only thing that we should really be avoiding is trans fats, which are found in margarines. Uh, I feel like saying avoid butter. I mean, butter is in so many things that I don't think you should avoid. I can certainly agree with re- you know, reducing your intake of butter, but I know that's very vague. So we went over the dietary guidelines for Americans updates that are coming out in 2020. I think when you and Mark did the the fancy update, you talked a yep. little bit about this. 
But we did learn during Fancy or the Food Nutrition Conference and Expo that they're going to be putting a lot more information in the in the next round of the dietary guidelines about replacing saturated fats, which are in butters, with omega-3s, um, such as, as I was saying in the previous um, question, ALA, which is a plant-based omega-3. Uh, and I really don't think enough Americans are getting that. So again, replace your saturated fats with more omega-3, such as ALA or um, omega-3s like EPA and DHA found in fish or fish oil. So what I'm getting at here is I personally am, and I, and I don't do this now, but just in light of all the different things that I've been reading about the importance of increasing our omega-3s, I would say, I would suggest to most people trying to invest in a plant-based margarine, such as uh, Smart Balance or Earth Balance, because they have the ones with the omega-3s um, and are enriched with omega-3s basically. Because most, again, most of us aren't getting enough ALA in our diet. So what a great way to add that, that healthy fat without, um, you know, taking something out of your diet that you don't want to take out of your diet. Also, I feel like those spreads taste really good. I am, I don't want to say I'm a food snob necessarily, but I do really love butter. In fact, that's typically what we use in this house. Uh, but I am, I'm definitely going to be making the switch soon. In fact, I just placed my order. Uh, I, I place my order every Monday pick up on Friday at the grocery store. And I actually just ordered the um, Smart Balance Omega-3 Enriched, which I've had before and I really love. I don't know why I don't always buy it. Anyway, uh, so, I, so I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to be switching soon. Uh, for baking, I always prefer butter. Uh, but just for, you know, spreading on my toast or again, sauteing in a pan or something, I would say, you know, maybe switch to a trans fat-free Omega-3 Enriched Margarine. That being said, do I think that it's imperative that you um, that you get rid of your butter in your house and replace it with all margarine? I do not. You know, for the past five years, all we've used in this household is butter, but because we just don't use that much butter. We have it around for, you know, spreading on toast or pancakes or, again, for maybe a quick saute here and there. We just don't use that much of it. So it's not making up the, a lot of our diet. And I feel like for most Americans, that's the case having it around your house, you know, to use every once in a while, what's the big deal? Uh, but as I kind of go through in my head, my sources of, of omega-3s and realize I really don't get that much, that's why I'm making the switch for my family to that omega-3 enriched smart balance uh, soon. And it doesn't taste like fish. It does not. Yes, Whereas the there peanut butter items. does. <laughs> yes. It's so true. Yes, the, the margarine does not taste like fish. <laughs> Unless it's going rancid or something, Ugh, in which case it might. The peanut butter, <laughs> I love Smart Balance products, but the peanut butter is horrific. If you if you can stomach it, though, I that's great. Because like you said, any way you can sneak in those omega-3s is yeah. great. I've I've started adding chia seeds, I think, uh, to my to my yogurts in the morning because I just realized I'm not getting enough. Mm -hmm. What was the other thing that we tasted? We tasted a bar that had fish oil in it during our, uh, oh, our yeah. protein was, bar. I think it was the caveman one. Maybe. And I swear it tasted like fish. Oh. Yeah. But no, the margarine does mm. not. And even if it did it taste a little bit fishy, let's just say it did. Okay. The good thing about the, about the margarine is that it's, it's mainly used in savory dishes. So it wouldn't be as off-putting in my opinion, but I, I truly don't, I've never experienced it tasting like fish and I've had it several times. Uh, but if you don't like the smart balance one, I know that there's another one that's earth balance. They make mm -hmm. one with omega threes as well. So you could always try that brand too. Yeah. What do you guys use at your house? Same, same products. Um, yes, it, usually something with an avocado oil base. Um, mm -hmm. That seems to be pretty popular right now. Um, and yeah. they, t they taste really good. Usually the first ingredient is water on most of those, sure. um, which isn't necessarily good or bad. But I think what people don't realize about margarine is that it's usually vegetable oil, vegetable oil that has been hydrogenated or, you know, chemically changed more or less to create trans fats. And it, it then turns into a spreadable, um, that doesn't separate. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's really, you know, and people, yeah, I, I mean, so it's, it's just hydrogenated. That's what we want to avoid. So it's finding a spreadable that doesn't have the trans fat. That's kind of like goal number one. And if you, I think, and then if you can sneak in omega threes, all the better. But yeah, yes. we use the plant-based spreads as like a condiment and then in baking, usually butter or because I prefer the taste often is coconut oil. And that's just 100% oh. taste, not because I think it's better. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, in baking, I usually use butter uh, or oil. I mean, usually when I bake, the recipe calls for oil, personally. Mm -hmm. I don't bake from scratch ever. I'm always following a recipe or usually a boxed Mm -hmm. mix. Um, What was I going to say about that? There was something that you just said that I was going to say, and I can't think of it. Anyway, I'm... I'm, I've given, I give up. I well, you can, up. you can always come back. Okay. Um, okay, okay. I love this question. Is she the writer or the listener says I am a vegetarian because I don't want to eat animals for various reasons. I do eat eggs and dairy. So question, are there perks or downfalls to a quality vegetarian diet? Thanks. Love the chance to ask a question. And I love your podcast. Oh, I forgot. She, I forgot she mentioned that at the end. Um, <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah. I have on our our notes here that I truly believe I would be vegetarian if it wasn't for my irritable bowel syndrome. Because if you think about all the high protein sources uh, that are, you know, not animal based of um, all the high protein sources, non animal based are basically, you know, gaseous gas producing foods, <laughs> you know, beans, tofu, um, nuts, seeds, a lot of those, even a lot of the high protein vegetables. Um, are, are just, they just produce gas, especially in someone with IBS. I do like meat. So, you know, I personally, yes, there are definitely perks to following a vegetarian diet, but here's the key. You have to make sure you're doing it right. And there is a right and wrong way of, of, of following a vegetarian diet. I've known plenty of people who, you know, say they're vegetarian, but in reality, they're carbitarians and that they basically just live off of carbohydrates, very few vegetables very low protein sources um, and they're vegetarians. Yes, but that's not necessarily a balanced, healthy diet. Uh, and then, you know, there's also, I think the other end of the spectrum, people who, um, you know, think that they're doing it all right, getting lots of fruits and vegetables, which is great getting, you know, some whole grains, but still again, aren't getting enough protein uh, in their diet because it can be more difficult, especially when you're not eating eggs and dairy. So I guess all in all, oh, and, and I wanted to say for me personally, I do follow a, what they would call a semi-vegetarian diet. So like I said, I think I could be vegetarian if it wasn't for my IBS, but I do truly love meat and poultry and fish. Uh, I don't eat a lot of it. So what I like to call, I like to call myself kind of a semi-vegetarian. When I put my plates together, generally my meals consist of mostly fruits and vegetables, generally vegetables a little bit of grain and a little bit of meat and chicken or meat or chicken um, as the garnish uh, rather than the main part of my meal. So that's me personally. Okay. So just to kind of answer the question, the downfalls of a vegetarian diet, you need to work a little harder to get important nutrients like protein, iron, and zinc, Um, you know, whole grains, beans, they have iron and zinc and protein, but not as much as animal proteins and not as well absorbed. My overall thoughts is don't go vegetarian because you think it's the best diet for your health. Go vegetarian because like this um, person, Teresa, who asked the question, um, go vegetarian because you want to, not because you think you need to, because in reality, you don't. It has not been shown to be the quote unquote best diet. Um, And in fact, I don't think that there is anyone best diet, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Nicole? Yeah, I totally agree. And I love your line about me being a garnish almost. I'm the exact same way. I could be a pescatarian for sure. I don't know that I could give up seafood and fish. Um, That's true. I I think I agree with that. Just me personally. Um, Mm -hmm. I just said on the last podcast, my my last meal would be crab legs. So uh, yeah. And yours would be a burger. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're probably not meant to be vegetarians, but I, like I've said, probably every episode since January, I am loving the trend towards just more plant-based diets in general. I will say Mm -hmm. somewhat timely, I saw a patient today um, who has pernicious anemia, which is B12 deficiency. And I think that that's just something to be conscientious of. Um, If you are not consuming meat and animal products, there's no way you're going to get B12 in your diet. So that's probably a supplement to consider. Um, Yeah, what else? Um, Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go Oh, I was just going to say B12 deficiency. It can often go undetected in people who eat a vegan diet because the diet's super rich in um, folate and that can mask the B12 deficiency. So often it's not until B12 deficiency is quite severe that symptoms start to occur. So um, I would also consider an omega-3 fatty acid supplement um, unless they're pretty good about including things like plant-based margarines that probably have ALA and um, things along those lines. Um, What And also calcium. So we think of especially in vegans, of course, calcium, once you remove dairy from the diet, 
you've got to get that from really from from vegetables. Um, and so if that's, do you agree with that? Oh I mean, yeah, absolutely. Vegetables, so, dark green vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't like those foods that calcium would also be a mineral of potential, you know, deficiency potentially. I mean, you can get it from fortified drinks, you know, fortified mm-hmm. almond milk, soy milk, whatever it is that you're drinking. Uh, but again, it's not well as well absorbed. Yep. Uh, and you need to make sure that you're getting, you know, your two to three servings a day. That's going to be even more important. That could be a lot of spinach. <laughs> the good thing it shrinks, you know, like, what, like to one one hundred of the of the size. I put my entire bag of you know three pounds of spinach in a in a skillet, and it yeah. literally shrinks to like a tablespoon, which is nice, I guess. If you're trying to get calcium on a vegan diet. <laughs> three pounds down to a tablespoon. Wow, Gina. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but I do want to say about the B12. It, it is really the only time when you're going to be B12 deficient is when you're following a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't, and I know you already said that, but I kind of wanted to reiterate that vegetarians are generally going to be fine with B12 because um, they're still getting some animal, you know, products, proteins in their diet. It's really for those who don't eat any animal products, including eggs and dairy, um, where it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to get that B12. A really good, I know you know about this and and maybe some of our listeners do too, but nutritional yeast. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, yep. that stuff is so good. That's that's one of my uh, favorite foods to recommend to vegans. And most vegans already know about nutritional yeast. It's basically a supplement and a food. It has B12, protein, possibly even some iron. It's almost like Parmesan cheese. You can put it on, you know, kale or salads or put it in soups. Heck, you can eat it by the spoonful. <laughs> you can dip your peanut butter in it. I used to do that. That's so weird, but that is so weird. So really strangely delicious. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm oh. glad you mentioned that. I kind of forgotten about the the folate and masking B12 mm-hmm. deficiency that I learned about in my clinicals and dietetics. <laughs> well, yeah, this, this pernicious anemia today like threw me. I, I mean, I was seeing the patient for diabetes and I was like, oh, pernicious anemia. That's new since the last time I saw you. I was like, oh, um, just interesting. Yeah. Um, all righty. So my friend actually, she texted me this week and she said, is this coffee drink garbage? <laughs> it's called Kitu, K-I-T-U, uh, super coffee. And she got the flavor vanilla and she she um, sent a picture of the label. And so full disclosure, on my way home from work today, in addition to needing extra firm tofu, I had to, which Meyer was out of, I had to stop at a different grocery store. Uh, this week, I also picked. I went. I went to the store where she got this drink, and I picked one up. She said it was two ninety nine, which it was. And the bottle, it's twelve ounces. It's eighty calories, five grams of fat, four of which is saturated, five milligrams of cholesterol, twenty milligrams of sodium, one gram of carb, with no added sugar, and then ten grams of protein. Um, that is, and the ingredient list. Where did it go? It is. Organic Colombian coffee, whey protein concentrate, coconut MCT oil, monk fruit, natural vanilla flavor, um, potassium phosphate, gallon gum. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Gallon. Yeah. I've always said gelin, but I gelin. that is just what I've said. I don't gelin know is that's... way more fun. Gelin. 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, and then green coffee extract. And then in parentheses, it says antioxidant. You don't want to leave oh, that out. Course. And of course it's labeled as like keto and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> she said it was fantastic. I was like, okay, I, I got to try this because stat wise, I thought, Hey, there's no artificial sweeteners or sugar alcohols. Wish it was lower in saturated fat, of course. But um, yeah, I, I thought overall it was a pretty okay drink versus like a frou-frou drink from your favorite coffee shop or whatever. <laughs> Um, the 10 grams of protein was interesting to me. And I thought, I I don't think there's any way this thing can taste good and confirmed it does not taste good. She loves oh. it. I find it highly offensive. Um, what is so. it? Because you just, uh, let me just remember, you just drink your coffee. Black. No, you put cream in your coffee, right? Um, I mean, I'm pretty, I, I prefer, yes, some whole milk okay. and just a splash of coffee creamer. But I can, I can go without crutches. I can do black. <laughs> okay. But you like your coffee cold, not iced. Correct. And I like milk in it. Yeah. Like a, some, a milk with fat. Let's put it that way. Not skim milk, but I can do 2% or whole milk or a little bit of half yeah. and half. And I don't need a lot, but just something to cut a little bit of the bitter. Um, that's yeah. Do you think it was the monk fruit? I feel like the monk fruit okay, kind of stands I'll, out as a- For the podcast, I'll take another sip and I'll try. 
Okay. I'll try to describe. I, thinking of all these ingredients together, yeah, whey horrible. protein, <sighs> coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just the mo- it, oh, no. Yeah. It's like powdery. Okay. It's, it's. We'll see. Yeah. And I was going to say, first of all, $3. I mean, that's about the price of a Starbucks drink, you know, something that you would get at Starbucks, a frou-frou drink, like you say, mm-hmm. at Starbucks, probably even less than some, right? Oh, I'm yeah. sure. So, so not terrible as far as price. I do agree with you. I like the 10 grams of protein. It's kind of nice. I actually, um, I add, a, I don't know, 10 grams of protein of uh, collagen powder to mm-hmm. my coffee, but it literally dissolves into the coffee and you don't even taste it. It might add like a, just a tiny bit of creaminess to it, but you really can't tell tell that it's in there. And so I basically have this drink, you know, it's coffee. It's, I've got my caffeine. I've got my 10 grams of protein minus the monk fruit vanilla flavor. I don't like sweet drinks or sweet coffee. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say sweet drinks. I don't like sweet coffee. I don't even really like flavored coffee. So I think I would be turned off by this as well. Uh, but again, like, so going back to, I guess what the, what makes this a keto friendly, wasn't there a name for this drink at one point? What did they call it? Uh, where you add the MCT oil to the coffee. I know uh, the concept. I don't know the name. I can't think of the name. Uh, but the whole idea is the MCT oil supposed to give you energy and help you burn fat. <laughs> well, in my opinion, uh, I feel like the MCT oil hype is ahead of the science uh, you know, just kind of looking into MCT oil, I you just don't find much, you know, grounded research on the benefits unless you have, you know, some type of like a liver condition or there are definitely benefits to MCT oil for the right person, but not for the general public. Right. It's really, I think, I, I just don't think that the research is there. You're paying for something that probably is just going to be all placebo effect. Uh, Oh, yeah. And, and it doesn't even tell you how much MCT oil they're adding, does it? Or does it? Um, I don't know. It does not. Because that also, I mean, it could be, you know, like a, a minuscule amount that doesn't even make a difference anyway. You know, the science might show that a tablespoon is helpful, but this might even have a half teaspoon. You don't even know. It just has it listed on the ingredient list. But that means nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's always something to look out for. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's garbage, but I would not pay personally $3 for it. If Brandy, if you like the taste, power to you, girl. I'm not, I'm not loving it, but everybody, different strokes for different folks, you know? She probably chokes it down every day. (laughs) There's different flavors though, right? Yeah. There was a mocha and maybe a caramel. And then this was the vanilla. Okay. I got the vanilla because that's the one she got. Okay. Got it. All right. Um, What supplements are you currently taking and what supplements would you recommend to the general population? Mm-hmm. I feel like we've answered this on a previous mm-hmm. Q&A, but we'll go ahead and take a stab at it again. I take a multivitamin, just a general one a day women's multivitamin. You got to make sure that you're getting one that's for your age group. So it's not as important for women. Or no, it is. Because after 50, I think they stop take they stop putting the iron in it. So since I still, you know, menstruate, I need the iron. So I have one that's not for over 50. It's for just women's one a day. Uh, I take a vitamin D. I take about a thousand IUs every other day in the winter. In the summer, I'll probably take a thousand every other other day just because I get sun in the summer. I don't need as much. I take magnesium. (laughs) Wait, I take 250. Is that right? (laughs) Yes. Milligrams. Okay. 250 milligrams of magnesium. Really, I take that. I was taking that for a long time, about a week before my period to help with menstrual um, syndrome, PMS, because there is science behind that. And it actually really does help with bloating. And I feel like it also, the science said it helps with moodiness, um, premenstrual, magnesium and calcium. But now I take magnesium daily because I'm thinking maybe it will help with my blood sugar. Uh, And so far, my A1C is a little bit better, but I've done other things. So it's probably not just the magnesium doing that. That's all I take. Uh, I give my, oh, I take the collagen powder as well, I guess. I put that in in my coffee drink and that's supposed to be good for your skin. Again, there is not a whole lot of research uh, to back that up. There's a little bit, but I really, you know, if, if it does help my skin, that's a bonus, but I'm actually just taking it to get extra protein uh, at, at, in the morning for my breakfast because mm-hmm. I feel like that's an important time to get enough, a lot of protein. I give my kids a multivitamin and yes, I do give them the Flintstone chewables. The gummies are crap in my opinion. I give my, and I, you give your kids gummies. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I, we do Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And and I can go into more detail as, as to why I think they're crap. If you if you if you're interested, reach out to me. But basically, they just don't have the nu- the nutrients that your kids need. And don't take a, a gummy prenatal vitamin either, because they certainly do not have the nutrients that you need. Yeah, those things should be pulled off the shelves, in my opinion. I give my kids a Viactive every day. They each get a half of one every day. It's a uh, calcium and vitamin D supplement. Nick takes a fiber supplement. He takes like Metamucil. He chugs it every morning. It's disgusting, but he does it. And a probiotic, actually a probiotic that I got at Fancy that he still takes uh, every other day. And I give hmm. that to him because he doesn't eat yogurt. So, hmm. Cool. Yeah. Similar. Um, I take a Flintstone a few times a week when I remember. Um, I'm I am a terrible pill taker. I've I've said this. I take five thousand IU's of D three when I remember. Um, and if I'm struggling with migraines, which kind of come and go for me, I will take three hundred milligrams of magnesium a day. And then my girls get one Flintstone a day and half a Viactive. Just like you actually turned me on to the Viactives. I think they're great, and the girls love oh, them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I keep it pretty basic. I'm a terrible nice. pill taker if that's all this boils down to. Thank not goodness I have that. nothing that I need to take for my health. The only thing, the only prescription I take, thank God, is Imitrex, and which is uh, a migraine medicine that I get generic. And when I have a migraine, I take it. And that is it. That is the only thing I have to worry about. Thank goodness. And I want to keep <laughs> it that way. Um, I am just terrible. So, all right. Another question came in. Considering all the various diet methods, keto, intermittent fasting, whole food, whole foods, whole 30 and others, how does one determine portion size? Is a food scale needed to weigh out everything you eat? Are macros something that should be considered or is there a fast and easy way to determine portion sizes if you're eating three standard meals a day? Go Buckeyes. And then he <laughs> said, please read the question just like that. So- Oh I didn't know gosh. if you were actually going to say it. Woo woo, go Bucks. O H I O. Is Cam still saying go blue? I taught him. No, he is not. He said it once, and he'll never say it again. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. <laughs> All right, do you want to respond first, or you want me to? You go. Uh, sh- you well, go. why don't you take it on? So basically, what I was going to say, I don't know much about keto, intermittent fasting, Whole30. I I know enough, you know, to briefly talk about it. I'm very much, as I've said previously, a non diet dietitian who focuses more on intuitive eating. And I know you are too, Nicole. But in my personal opinion, because I am very much a kind of a proponent of food freedom and not overthinking food choices, uh, not counting macros, and especially not weighing food. In fact, when I know people have a food scale at home, it makes me a little bit sad personally. And I think I just kind of put myself back into that time when I had an eating disorder and I weighed my food. And maybe that's why I get sad. But it's just... It doesn't sound like fun to me. And I feel like it takes the fun away from food when you're counting your macros and weighing your food and measuring. I, I just think it just it kind of destroys a little bit of the fun of eating. So that mm-hmm. is my opinion, Nicole. Yeah. And I probably come at it from a slightly different angle because unfortunately, I do have extensive experience in dieting, um, unfortunately. Um, you, you know, I think you and I, I mean, especially you've worked around food much of your career and as have I and you know we are both in the kitchen at least like we're we're feeding our families food that we prepare one way or another and dietitians are better equipped to recognize that's three ounces that's eight ounces that's a cup that's a, you know we're not perfect in that way but we have a much better understanding than the general public on portion sizes so I think we have an edge that we have to be a little sensitive to gen pop, if you will, as to just their their lack of familiarity with those things. So mm-hmm. to answer, this is all a big question. And I I know the I know the listener and he's so funny. Okay, I'll just say. So he I play hockey with him and he also plays tennis. And one day he figured out we had this podcast and I was in a tennis drill and he was off hitting balls like three courts down. And he was like, I'm going to go listen to your podcast while I hit balls. I was like, all right. So I'm like going through the drill and I I was like looking like, is he going to like make fun of it or like <laughs> laugh at us or whatever. He's just down there hitting the balls. I'm like, I wonder what part he's listening to. I wonder what episode he's on. But yeah, it, it, he's just been a big supporter. So anyway, um, I would say the commonality in most diets is that they nearly all include recommendations to listen to cues of satiety or, you know, that feeling of being satisfied. I don't think you'll find a diet out there that is not going to put the plug in there because that's the ultimate goal is to get you listening to your body. Um, See, I, I, I saw that you wrote that. You disagree? 
I disagree. I feel like I've not read one. I mean, do you think that the keto website talks about listening to your hunger cues? Um, I mean, I would say all the diets that have any type of nutrient, I would, which I would not say is keto, but anything uh-huh. like I'm thinking whole 30 intermittent fasting. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, whole 30, I could see whole 30 talking about that, but definitely and that's not probably the diet that he listened, that he listed that I'm most familiar with. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would say any diet that's worth following potentially, mm-hmm, <laughs> potentially mm-hmm. is going to, to encourage those cues of satiety to be honored, if you will. Um, so that could be, yeah, I, I mean, you're right. You are right, Gina. Um, I think when I hear diets, I think of ones that if you had to choose one, they would be all right. But anyway, whole you know, 30, we'll just use whole 30. I would, I would agree with you. I think whole 30, yeah. even though I would never follow it, I, I think that mm-hmm. it's more sound and that it probably does talk a little bit about making sure that you eat, eat when you're hungry don't, you know, get over full and, you know, just listen to your hunger cues. I, I could see that in Whole30. Mm-hmm. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about Whole30 some because I, I have dabbled in it just because I find it interesting. And I, I do think nutritionally that it's it can be sound. Um, but the rules around it are a big fat eye roll. So anyway, not a diet I, w- I would per se recommend, but nutritionally fine. Um, it can be done right. Um so I would say, but that's just not an innate process for most of us, most of us. And I certainly struggle with it for sure. So what I can say is start with a deep dive into intuitive eating before starting any type of quote unquote diet. Uh, we list tons of resources in our health at every size interview that we had with Claire Tuning. That's episode 41. Um, and then to take this a step further, nutrition is highly, highly individualized. And that's one of the many reasons the diets fail. People want to open a book, a website, a Instagram account, whatever, and find something that's going to fit them. Gina, your body's totally different than mine, than is the next person and the listener, you know, asking this question. So that your portion is going to depend on you. What's your goal? What's your weight status? What's your activity level? What's your lifestyle? There's no one size fits all for portions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to kind of promote food freedom and dodge the nuance of counting and weighing, I think the first approach could be using the plate method. And that seems super basic and kind of almost something that we roll our eyes at. But dietitians love the plate method because it's simple and it's nutritionally sound. So if you can take a nine-inch dinner plate, fill half of it with vegetables, a quarter with it, with some type of starch or carb, and a quarter with protein, that is huge. If you can honestly say that you've given that a shot, and not found it to be helpful, I would be mm-hmm. shocked. I mean, I, I think that that's just such a basic, good visual and nutritionally sound place to start. You know, that, yeah, I would start there. Mm-hmm. And then from there, add three servings, I would say of da- two to three servings of dairy a day, um, wherever you see fit, as well as two to three servings of fruit as a snack, as a dessert, whatever. Um, from there, if you're not seeing the results that you want, I would move into potentially measuring your most calorie dense food items. So things like butter, oil, salad dressing, mayo, um, the things that, you know, I always kind of laugh, like when people start to measure their broccoli and stuff, like that's probably not laughable, but um, it it gets a bit of an eye roll for me because, you know, it's probably just not necessary. Like how much oil are you cooking that broccoli in or how much butter are you putting on it afterwards? So really looking for your most calorie dense food items and doing some type of a portion check. So, and I think you've mentioned doing this too, Gina, like cereal for me is totally one of those foods that I need to whip out a measuring cup every couple months and just do a portion check, you know, to make sure that I'm not going over say two portions of my cereal. We've talked about how portions on cereal are ridiculous. Um, But it's just one of those things where the portion tends to grow over time if you're not being cognizant of it anyway. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think that's a great tip. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I would do it for a couple days basically, and then give yourself the freedom to kind of go about it and see how you do. And then maybe do a check every once in a while to see how off your portions are. Um, I would also turn to beverages, things like coffee, alcohol, soda, juice, those are things you should absolutely measure. You know, when I sit down with patients often, they're like, oh yeah, I drink a little bit of juice, like a cup. And to me, a cup is eight ounces. To them, a cup mm-hmm. is their 32-ounce tumbler filled to the top. That's an entirely mm-hmm. different conversation, right? I mean, that's 400 mm-hmm. calories versus 100 and 60 to 70 grams of carb versus 50, you know, 
30, well, probably more like, more like double whatever I just said. Um, you know, it's, it's really, really high in carbs and calories. So if, if counting measuring weighing is successful you, for you, um, I would determine with a dietitian what your calorie and macro targets are. Um, spend a day or two measuring counting and then move to eyeballing uh, based on what you've learned and as needed resort back to measuring and weighing as it, if you're feeling like your portions are exceeding what's recommended for you. But I think takeaway is highly individualized. Uh, so meeting with somebody to determine what your actual needs are as far as energy, macronutrients. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, no, that's a that's, hard question. Right. It is a hard question. I, I agree with that. Um, I think you answered it really well. I think that's I think that's a great point. You know, it's true. I do. I hear people who measure or weigh all of their food. What mm -hmm. is the point of measuring, weighing, measuring, weighing, weighing uh, you know, foods that are very low calorie density, like broccoli, they don't waste your time doing that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you're right. The ones that are highly high calorie density, oil, dressings that might sneak up on you a little bit goes a long way. Those are the foods that if you choose to measure every once in a while or weigh, I keep saying measure, weigh, uh, then sure, go for it. Or also, I guess you could also, you could argue that if you don't think you're getting enough protein and you want to make sure you're getting, you know, your three to four ounces, you know, for every meal or, or whatever it is, that might be an, another reason to weigh something to make sure you're actually getting the needed protein that you need. But still, it's pretty, it's pretty hard not to get enough protein. Now, if you're mm -hmm. trying to get into ketosis, that's a different story, right. um, but that's also a whole different story. I don't, <laughs> not something that I necessarily think that we need to be doing, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. not the question. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I didn't best answer the question, but it, that's a tough one. No, I think, I think you're right. It's all individualized. And um, is there a fast and easy way? I think if there, is there a fast and easy way to determine portion size? Do you usually say like the fist? What do you use for when people are asking, what's my, what's the appropriate portion of protein or, uh, you know, grains or fruits and vegetables? I always say, you know, think of your fist and that should be about a serving for every meal. Your serving of grain should be about the size of your fist. Serving of protein or meat or fish or chicken should be about the size of the palm mm -hmm. of your hand or double if you're a guy or double if you're hungry. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and same with, you know, double your grain. If you're hungry, if you're really hungry, double the grain, you know, your fist isn't that big, have a double portion, no big deal. Um, if you're doing that all the time, every day, you know, you might want to watch it. So I usually just use if you're a quick, simple way to envision the appropriate portion size. Think of your fist and the palm of your hand mm -hmm. or even a tennis ball. Yep. Uh, what was the other one? Deck of cards for, for protein. Which is really close to like three ounces. I, I mean, I know this listener, yeah. he's going to need more than three ounces of Right. Protein. Oh, it totally depends on the person. Like if mm -hmm. I'm talking to a, a male who needs a bit more calories, I will usually say one to two deck of cards. Yeah. And again, it really depends on your hunger. I don't, I also fear talking about portion sizes and using fists and palms of your hand when I don't want someone to sit there and say, okay, well, I can only have as much of my, as my fist. All right. Just portion me out as much as my fist. And Oh, just make me a piece of chicken this big. I don't want it to be any bigger than the palm of my hand. If you're hungry, I mean, serve yourself what you think you will eat. And it's okay if you don't finish it all. And it's okay if you do and go back for seconds. Like, yeah. again, it kind of goes back to me to food freedom. That's why I try real hard not to talk too much about portion sizes. It's good to, it's good to be cognizant of them, um, but not to overthink it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I totally agree. All right. Go Bucks. Anyway. <sighs> <laughs> oh, you had to sneak that in there. I did. Turd. All right. <laughs> was that, a, that's it for questions, right? It was. Yeah. All right. So Gina, mom, win favorite new product recipe. What's, what do yeah, you get? Super boring. We were, we were reading this really old. So Nick's sister and, and her too. So Nick's sister is 10 years older than Nick and Nick is 41. If that says anything. Sorry, Cindy. Uh, her two girls are in college and they brought over all their old Disney books the other day and we were reading through them. Paige was all excited about it. And we were reading this one. It was talking about, I think it was uh, Sleeping Beauty, maybe. No, yeah, it was Sleeping Beauty. And she had the three, like, not stepsisters. What are they? They're like um, godmothers. I don't know what they are. I don't know the story very well. There's there's three women, okay? And they wear dresses and they're, they live, they all live together. I'm not really sure what the story is. But anyway, they had a garden and they were growing green beans. And Paige said, 
after we read the book, oh, I want you to get green beans at the grocery store. And I was like, oh, this is so perfect. So we went to the store, we got some green beans, we snipped them, we put them in a pan with some sesame oil and some salt and pepper and sat and ate green beans. And it was just like, <laughs> this is so awesome. We learned about this in a Disney book and she saw it, she got inspired and now we're eating green beans together. Not that it was her first time. I just, I, she enjoyed the book and I think it was great that it was actually talking about vegetables and you know, good for you food. So that was fun. Uh, let's see. We've, we've been on a huge spaghetti kick. I cannot break my kids of spaghetti. I, I yeah. Um, so just about every day we buy spaghetti, but I've been trying to say, don't really eat that much protein. I've been trying to buy the Barilla, uh, like protein enriched pasta, which I really, really love. It tastes super delicious and it's got extra protein in it for the kids who don't get enough protein in their diets. And then lastly, Cameron's been on a huge raw veggie with ranch kick. Uh, I know that the other day when we were at dinner, Mark was like, is he going to eat those vegetables if you bring ranch? <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah. And I don't think Mark believed me. But there, you know, the waitress brought over some ranch and, and Nick Cameron just started powering through those vegetables. So if your kids aren't eating vegetables, which Cameron wasn't for the longest time. He, I started giving him some ranch for his vegetables, his raw vegetables. Not that I didn't give him anything. I think before I was giving him hummus and he just didn't like it. Ranch, ranch is doing it. He's eating vegetables left and right and even going on to new ones as well, like cooked Brussels sprouts and lots more broccoli. So it kind of, I think, opened up his, his horizons a little bit. It's awesome. about you. Yeah, nothing exciting. Sorry. Uh, well, it was cute that they, yeah, Paige got spaghetti. And then mm -hmm. so did Piper. Oh, but Piper mm -hmm. wanted those meatballs for sure. Yeah. Um, I wish Paige would eat meatballs, man. Oh, it's my kids fine. will tear up some meatballs. Okay. So my mom win was a Thai coconut peanut sauce. So I made this and I think I've said it, but a couple people in my life are following um, pretty just like more plant-based diets, vegan, vegetarian diets, and we're all swapping recipes. And my sister-in-law. I think she sent me this recipe or maybe I found it on Instagram. Hmm. I think I found it on Instagram actually because I think I passed it on to her. Anyway, I made a ton of changes to it. It added more vegetables, added tofu, but the sauce in there, the only change that I made, I think I made a couple changes maybe, but I added sriracha. So it was mm. slightly spicy with this with peanut butter and coconut milk. Oh my gosh. It was great. so good. And I love tofu. Do you, you don't like tofu or you don't eat no, it? No, I do. I actually really like tofu. I just okay. can't eat it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, I do really like tofu Um, if it's cooked the way that I like it. So anyway, I'm going to link that this Thai tofu veggie bowl in the show notes, but it is bomb. And this sauce, oh my gosh, it is finger licking good. And Did your kids eat that? Yep. Oh, I'm so uh, they did. All righty. So are we on to read a review? We are. Okay. Are we going to do I'll, two? We are. We okay. Are, yeah. We're, we've been getting so many. Yeah. We've never had this issue before. Let me tell you. Well, and Gina Great. and I both listened to the last episode and we were a little mean to our reviewer that didn't. We were. That left us two stars. But we, we were. So we were a little. We were a little hurt. But I was a little hurt. I don't know about you. I was a little hurt. But I, I just, Mark's like, you guys shouldn't have said that stuff. And I'm like, okay, probably not. But here's the thing. I felt like we, it deserved a response of some kind just because it was fairly clear that it wasn't somebody in the nutrition field. And I guess I, if I were listening to a podcast on something that I did, wasn't like, I didn't well work in that industry. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's a little yeah. offensive. So that's why we had the response that we did. So anyway. Yeah. And the only thing we said was that she should have said nutrition instead of nutritional. It wasn't that bad. We were kind of mean, but it's and okay. we assume it was a girl. It's our podcast. We do it, what it we want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll read two five-star reviews today. Uh, yes. One from DC Cycle 47. And the, what is that? The title of the review is the best. Gets me through my spinner workouts. Um, a <laughs> yeah. little, little tip of the hat to Gina there. And the reviewer says, seriously love this podcast, especially as a way to get me through my workouts. Thank you. The cereal episode today was a favorite heading out soon for some Kashi chocolate crunch. So that was awesome. That was actually to date our most popular episode. So they must, people really like taste test, which is great. Oh, nice. Um, the next five-star review that we'll read, it comes from Plum slash CC Fellow. 
And it says, love it, helpful and fun. Love listening to these two discuss everyday nutrition. Great, realistic approach, approach, especially great for those with kids. So really, So it's really actually palm. It. I'm oh. thinking it's pulmonary. Oh, pal- oh, what did I Maybe. say? You said plum. Not that oh, it matters. Oh, jeez. But I'm thinking this is like a pulmonary um, fellow, someone who's going to become a... Critical care. CC. Oh, critical care. care. There you I go. I don't know. We're totally yeah. making stuff up. <laughs> We've got smart people listening to our podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right, everyone. So coming up on March 15th, we will be dishing on our... our oh, gosh. On the ever so popular plant-based diet, I can talk, and lifestyle. And also how plant-based diets are becoming popular among elite athletes. No, we won't be telling you you must go on a plant-based diet to be healthy, but we will give you the facts uh, and pros and cons um, and really keep the conversation honest and upfront. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets, such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds, and you don't even have to write anything. Just fill out the stars. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well, and Nicole will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Gina. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.